Hello and welcome to this, the newest season of the Ian Prendercast, a Carlton podcast. We've rebranded in the off-season. We've had some time to think about last year and we've decided to ditch everything else. Fabian, do you want to run us through why? Is there a reason why? I don't think we can't be bothered. It's just a bit... Tim's taken us on tangents into like Eastern Europe. And yeah. That NFL segment was a fucking nightmare. We had to talk <laughs> our, about horse our racing. Fo- our football team is dog shit. Everything about... The back half of the year we were on. Who? Oh, you were talking about United. Yeah. Yeah, that was nightmare as well. I was trying to think of which season you were talking about. Going Too many. To 2012, um, maybe. But no, we're back and we're going to have yes. a more Carlton-focused or entirely Carlton-focused uh, show for this year and to see how that goes. Uh, so we thank you very much for listening and welcome you to 2020. Um, we're brought to you, as always, of course, by MGA Traffic, hashtag no free work, hashtag variations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm welcome. Oh, sorry, sorry, I'm pleased to welcome, as always, Coach Davis. And I say Coach Davis because you have inexplicably been given the reins again. Yeah, it's a it's a strange one, isn't How it? How many wins did you manage last year? We actually only got two yeah. in the end. But well, Bolton, uh, we should have got rid of Bolts at the end of eighteen. I think people have accepted that. Caro said as much. Took Juddy. You'd want to get off to a good start. Yeah, you need a start. Oh, my feeling is down at Beverly Hills that it was like an Essendon situation whereby if somebody was there to pay you out, it they would have, have paid you out. In fa- but there was no wealthy benefactor. In fairness, the two preceding years, this group did not win a game. Oh, okay. So coming off so two improving. winless seasons, we got two wins. So realistically, it was a remarkable performance. Coach Bombay-like. You <laughs> turned the winless Ducks into world champions in the space of just you a few months. can't get much months. worse, Timbo, so onwards and upwards. Very true. Timbo, what are you going to come down and watch a game this year? No. Uh, I got to one. <laughs> yeah, you did. Thank you. It was a loss, obviously. <laughs> um, that was the classic when Timbo said, I don't care that we're five goals down, he was six goals down. <laughs> Don't look at the scoreboard. Um, we digress. What have you been up to, Tim? Anything exciting in the off Oh, look, I, I'm, I'm just recovering from my 49ers losing uh, the Super Bowl. But they were there. They had a crack. I got excited and then it all went to pot. You at kept the end your shirt on? Uh, yeah, and my flamingo shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we've heard his dulcet tones already. Fabian Guadagnolo, the big faba ganoush. Buona sera, ragazzi. The intro will still be the same. That's one thing I am carrying over from... That's true. We can't. No, we have to. Seasons do one and two. We can't get. A, you know, we have to have that. Yeah. Uh, what have you been up to? Big news in your uh, life. The little man. The big little man. The bigger of the two little men. Yep. Started uh, school prep. Start, started prep. How did, you, how did you go on that first day, Fabian? I was a little bit emotional. Kelly was. Kelly was fine. Kelly was. I, I corresponded with Kelly. I said Fab said he was in pieces. Quote unquote. Yeah. No. So one, Kelly once, said once Kelly, I left, I, I had a moment in the car to myself. But um, I kept going back. So as we were walking out of the school, eight times, <laughs> I kept walking back to see him through the window and making sure he was all right. But just, what was going to happen to him in between the thirty seconds you dropped him in the room and walked away? I just wanted to see if he was crying, if anyone was picking on him. He's been radicalised by some kind of... Elbow a five-year-old kid in his room. (laughs) No, I don't know. That's probably more Alexander's go, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, I feel for the teachers and fellow students in Alexander's year level when he gets there. He's a little bruiser. He's a little <laughs> he's a little ball. He's a, he's a punk and a half. Really? Yeah. Love it. Well, anyway, Kelly told me, I said, oh, you know, Fabian said he was in pieces. How do you handle it? She has not a problem in the world. She, I thought, she's just looking forward to having her afternoons. Absolutely. She, she can see the light at the end of the tunnel. She goes, this, the other little one's only three years away? Yeah, three and years. She goes, my life is back. <laughs> it's like next year, Next term. year will be... Will be the test when Alexander hits kinder. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kelly won't know what to do with herself. And then, yeah, 
Should we actually have some days, have some stuff she can you know, work on herself if she wants? Well, not she needs to. No, I'm not saying she does, but you know, she can pick up some hobbies. We she might could knit. Well, probably just be watching wrestling. To be we might go. Honest. We might go for some brunches. You could. Jesus, you are. Fabulous. We've gone for a few brunches on the sly without telling Harvey. <laughs> oh, you did <laughs> but tell Alexa- me this. Alexander's. Like I, I get nervous that he might let it slip. Or you know, we went out today. When you did you, when what, you were at school. No, you told you says told me a story that he almost cottoned onto something. Something was slipped into conversation, and he was like, "Sorry, what, what happened?" <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We had teppanyaki the other night, and my kids love teppanyaki. It was just Elise and I. We were celebrating. We're celebrating our 15 year wedding anniversary, actually. Commiserations. (laughs) (laughs) We love Lacey. She's gorgeous. Um, But yeah, so, uh, and we let slip that we had teppanyaki, and my kids would have been not happy. Was it like empty, vacant stares of just pure anger? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, it was. If if, if there was sharp objects lying around that might have been uh, cause for concern. Can I tell my teppanyaki story, Sean? The one about Rowan Smith? (laughs) Yeah. He tells this story as if he had teppanyaki with Rowan Smith. Rowan Smith was just at the restaurant at the same time as him. He was on the same grill as me. (laughs) Oh, yeah, okay. We conversed. This was the Patrick Mahomes day, wasn't it? Yeah. That's how we. Because you don't want to just go, oh, how you going, Smithy? Tell us about the 97 prelim, Smithy. Well, I, fist I, still I, hurts. I, I brought it up because... Of course you did. So Smith- Tim, Tim texts me and says, Patrick Mahomes has done his knee. Tim didn't say may have. He just said, Patrick Mahomes has As done his knee. As we learned not 15 minutes ago, Tim's not great at breaking <laughs> bad news. So I, um, I read it out aloud and basically brought the rest of the uh, people around the grill. Oh, was, was Rowan, was he visibly shaken? No, he was just he was interested. Okay. Obviously likes his NFL, but um we got onto prelim final week and the banter that we send around on the group text and whatever, and I told him I said, I always send around a gif. Yep. Or a gif. Yeah, I think it's gif, isn't it's, it? It's it's actually gif, yeah. but everyone says gif. Gif sounds better. Yeah. I send around the gift gif <laughs> of him whacking the ground yeah, yeah. post siren. And I thought that was funny and he didn't. He didn't. No. <laughs> he goes, thank you for bringing that up. I'm just getting over it. So, One of my favourites, just in terms of, before we get onto the football proper, just in terms of, uh, when I worked at Carlton, uh, obviously the cafe is right next door to, to the shop and, you know, you're in the shop a fair bit. And uh, I don't even know what the game was. Mick Malthouse was getting a coffee and we, we would just have ESPN on or whatever, Fox Sports. And there just happened to be a play, snapped, hold in the pocket, in the pocket, ball gets thrown long. And there was literally a guy, receiver in 25 yards of vacant field who just ran it was a 50 odd yard touchdown and we're standing there and Mick just turned and goes how does that even happen he goes oh, I guess who'd be a coach someone and then missed away. an assignment yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> he was rationalising it as a coach himself going that's just indefensible how this man is who is responsible and we're thinking fair enough yeah the yeah. best moment from you working at Carlton was when I went to Arden Street with Gozza Shout out. We won't stop shout outs, will we? No, shout outs are still here. Shout out to Gozza. Went to Arden Street with Gozza. He's, we were working in the area. Thought he'd pop in. He's a North Melbourne fan. He is. And <laughs> we walk in, and much like we have at Icon or Princess Park, they've got a wall of their trophies. They've got, what? Four. Four, and <laughs> they've got a couple of Anset cups. And I turned to Gozza and I said, I can't believe that you display... Night Premiership trophies. Well, they were the pioneers. So, and I took a photo and I said to Sean, can you believe this? To which Sean replies, a picture of the Wizard Cup. <laughs> battered and bruised and oh, full of dust in a yes. corner somewhere. Not only that, its sister, the Nab Cup from 2007, was next to it. That was in better condition. 
It's actually not a bad looking was, trophy. The Wizard Cup was dented pretty bad. Yeah, the Wizard Cup had a massive ding in it, and uh, Tom Bell had written his name in dust on it, <laughs> or through the dust. Um, but yeah, that was just sitting there. And like I said, the, the Nab Cup was was in good nick, and it was actually a, a good looking trophy. I remember looking at it, thinking, "Oh, it's actually as far as trophies go, oh, that's not bad." Our boy hit a ripper from outside fifty. Brenda, he did. He did. It had a bit of left to right, a lot of left to right about he it, did. but. Uh, yeah, and, the big bicep and, and then showed the guns. Love it. He's back at the club. He, well, not uh, yet. He starts in about three Yeah, nuts. not yet. He's wrapping up and then he will be back at the club, which is great news. You've got to get him on. He's obviously extremely highly thought of. I can't help but think, not not saying that we're going to talk about this, not saying that there's succession plans, in, but, oh, but I can't help but think he's destined for, whether it be with us or somewhere else, CEO. a CEO gig. He's, he's so highly, obviously, rugby league players associated with AFLPA, missed out on that gig. Went and done a magnificent job with the uh, rugby league, obviously dealing with <laughs> fracas daily <laughs> up in Sydney. People getting, people getting locked out of apartments naked and you know beating people up and whatever. Um, but no, great to have Prenda back. Yes. Yeah. 28. Both him and the pod. And the pod, of course. Uh, so we're going to kick off uh, with our intros and catch-ups naturally. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a chat about what's been happening since we've been off the air. I don't even know when we last recorded. I think it was after the draft. Was that in the rape dungeon? That was in the. Well, you are the one that keeps calling it this. It is your house, so it's. <laughs> hey, it's official. It's, it's I'm, official. I'm not sure, the dungeon. I'm not sure if there was a sign saying "rape dungeon" on the on the roof as we walked in. It might, I might have. Great pizzas that night. That pe- I'm good. happy for you to give a shout out to him. That that capriccioso was on point. Yeah, Beautiful. The Hawaiian was good. Yep. Where Where'd you get them from? I think it was somewhere in like North Ringwood or something okay. like that. I'll have to check like. Uber Eats or menu log exactly sometimes, where I got it from. When Fabian and I are big on this, sometimes you want the beautiful classic dock style yep. pizza, which is beautiful, magnificent. Sometimes you just want the dirty like pizza hut. It's a disgrace. And you don't get more Italian in cuisine than I do. But I go yeah. both sides of the spectrum. I can go full walk, or I can go complete filth. You're like, I just want the fast food version of this. Mm. A super supreme. From Pizza Hut. You're a big fan. Might sound disgusting, but I'm a fan. He's a huge oh, yeah, yeah, fan. No, that does the job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, look, a fair bit's happened, obviously, since we last recorded. Um, more, obviously, off the field at this time of year. So we're going to work through the key talking points from our uh, last chat. The biggest one, of course, was uh, Sauce's departure and the fallout from that. And from where we sit here, it, it felt like it was a power struggle. The two parties were clearly Cade Little and Sauce. I think there was a bit of funny buggers behind the scenes. I think Little was and uh, you know, Agresta and those were, were working behind Sauce a little bit to achieve their own ends, um, whether it be Brandon Ellis or you know, others. And I think that Sauce was working behind the scenes to unsettle them in his own way. When push came to shove, they backed the CEO. And here we are now with a little bit of a sour taste, but the winds have sort of blown over now and, and we've moved on, obviously, mm-hmm. hired Nick Austin. How did you or what did you make of the sauce situation, Timbo? Oh, look, it was definitely unsettling. Um, again, a, a guy that, I mean, we, we all know what he did on field, but off field his last five years, he's, he's always seemed really measured in trying to develop the team, always had our um, our, our best um, intentions uh, at front of mind. And, and I think he's done a terrific job in the trades that he's done, the players that he's added, the way that he's uh, redeveloped the list and turned it over, I, I, I think where we've been left has been exceptional. Well, this is it. And, 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 and he, he can't lose his job through his lack of 
ability or output. But as you say, if, if potentially he was perceived to have been bigger than the club for a brief period of time, not taking on board ideas of those around him or something like that. But either way, it's been a very clumsy reasoning as to why he's moved on to say, oh, your two sons are on the list and you've got a third father-son potentially coming, so therefore you can no longer do the job that you appeared to have done you know, mm. exemplarily. It's stunk of... He trying goes. to avoid, yeah, and trying to avoid the truth. Like no one wanted to say what happened, and and look, oh, it, it wasn't a, a good enough excuse that was made up. Without wanting yeah. to cut you off, I'll get back to you in a sec, Fab. I mean, for me, if no one can, we've spoken about this. He has had the bravery and the balls to undertake something no other club in the history of VFL AFL, particularly obviously the drafting era, has ever done. No doubt, he sat there and he said, "We got to go right back to square one." And we have. We've undertaken the most seismic list build, rebuild or otherwise, in the history of the game. And he needs credit for that. And he's done all the heavy lifting to get us here. Fab, am I alone in thinking when that little push and pull power struggle was sort of going on, did anyone else in the room get a sense that, yeah, Little's angling for his own guys? Was Soss maybe angling for Ross? I think you mentioned that, didn't you? Potentially. And you say that, that that could have been the start of a. I think it was a bit. I think that was just the tit for tat with Sauce going. You'll unsettle me. Well, two can play at that game. I'll court Ross. Mm. I'm good mates with the president. And look, they are great friends, and they were seen chatting and whatever. I just couldn't help but think, maybe there's more to this than just a couple of mates having a having lunch, because it was a plum job. The job was open. Yep. Ross has ended up going. Look, it could if and if it did come down to that. Look, he will forever be my favourite player. So I'm, I'm never going to be, you know, a ma- massive critic of Sauce. But that's a bit immature from both, both sides. And that's it. Like, and, that- and a lot of people are, especially at the time, were very angry with the club, siding with Sauce just because it's Sauce. Oh, and I'm not saying Sauce did anything wrong, no, no. but two wrongs don't make a right. And I think it, it just got to a, a point where it was a bit untenable for, for all. Mm. I think egos clashed. Egos Absolutely. clashed and, and we had a situation where You have to have an ego. No, totally. When you're a list manager, we spoke about this on Draft Night, I'm pretty sure, um, you have to be backed unequivocally until you fail. Yeah. If you're charged with rebuilding a list mm. or building a football club, until your position is untenable, yeah. they have to back you. And Sauce clearly didn't think he was being backed. Well, and, and, and I think what's key, the way that we talked about it on sort of, you know, Draft Night and all that sort of stuff, when we'd, when we'd picked over the trade period and all that sort of stuff, the the overwhelming you know, concern was you've backed yourself, Stephen, mm. and you've you've come up with, what, Betts and uh, Mark Pitnett. Oh, yeah, and then Martin, obviously, they were comfortable. And then Martin came later and there was a plan and all that sort of stuff, but at the time you sort of thought you could have had Brandon Ellis and all we had to do was pay him and we've missed out, but... If if I and obviously Tom will tell, but if I gave you the alternative of you can have Jack Martin or Brandon Ellis, and all you got to do is pay them, and you give up nothing to be able to get them, who would you rather? I don't know about you guys, but I'm absolutely a Jack Martin man. I'm so. a bit like the Simpsons when uh, Mr. Burns says you can. I don't know what the propositions are. He goes, you can have this, or the you can have the box. Carbon rod. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, you can have what's in the box, and the guy goes, the box, the box. I think Jack Martin's the box in the sense that. His ceiling, we all believe, is much higher than Brandon Ellis. 
he's been in a terrible environment. Whether he can unlock that's obviously another discussion. But no, I totally agree. On upside, it has to be Martin. But uh, look, before we move on, obviously, look, it's it's been run and won now. The position's been filled. Clearly, Sauce, before we move on to Nick Austin as well, I think what needs to be considered is his role had been diluted as part of a restructure mm-hmm. by a new CEO, a new administration, a new footy boss. So the role that he occupied, which was unanswerable to everyone as a GM of it was effectively just created, it was a little bit of an albatross around our neck when you go to a more traditional football department structure. So clearly when that's brought in, Brad Lloyd comes on and he and Little obviously reshaping things. What does the list team look like? Mm. Well, Silvani was sort of still outside of that bubble. Yeah. So it's, it's an and the awkward... Two, and the two don't... Can't coexist. No. And I think the fortunate thing for us in this, that the process that he, and, and or the, you know, the task that he set himself to rebuild the list, I think he finished it. Yep. I think he did too. If, I, it, were, if it was three years yeah, earlier, yeah. you'd say, shit, we're halfway through a rebuild here. He's obviously got a plan. Now Things like tinkering. Brandon Ellis, Soss just didn't want him. Now, I know, I've heard through the grapevine, I won't mention who stole me, <laughs> but I know for a fact that... Um, it's a shame we can't we can't put yeah con- yeah can't... I, I can mention certain parts of the yeah, story. Yeah, but... it's a shame we can't put context around uh, where this came well, from. <laughs> um, the Gold Coast, what's his name? Plays for the Bombers now. His, his name's eluding me. Saad. Oh yeah. Basically said has come out and said I want to get to Carlton. Hold on one minute. Hold on a hot minute. Is this a new Faber Ganoush actually telling good stories in an appropriate and timely manner? I'm just going to try. Unlike and... the debacle of your story about, I'm going to name names. I don't fucking care. Yeah. Unlike the debacle of the story about Kernahan and Jared Malloy, <laughs> which was extremely topical. We'll get to it. <laughs> um, so uh, Ahmed Saad says, "I want to get to Carlton." Has a meeting with Sauce and basically is given nothing from Sauce. Leaves the meeting, same with his manager, and says, "Find me another place to go." They obviously don't want me. And he was happy to move to Carlton. Get a deal done. I want to come here. Now, this is obviously, a, he's moved on. Gone. Sauce just didn't want him. This is we, a great... Everyone in hindsight could go, how good would Ahmed Saad be bouncing off the halfback line at Carlton? Sauce, that's it. He's, he's In a way, he's stubborn, but that's... You have to be. You back him. If you put him in a role to complete... A mission, your which vision, is to rebuild the list, back him 100%. Your vision as a list manager has to be incorruptible. Mm. Yeah. So, look, it's like we say, he's done all the heavy lifting just on Fab's intel there. Just take it with a grain of salt. You know, you don't want to be taking financial advice from this guy. Look, where the where the <laughs> mail came from, right, you could it, could... it could be questioned because this I got this prior. Who was your mate that ended up in prison? <laughs> So <laughs> we, we won't name names. This is hilarious. Not really nice guy. He used to come into the office and we'd shoot the shit about the blues he followed Carlton. And I, I came in one day, having an early finish, and I remarked to Fab, I go, geez, we haven't seen such and such for ages. Haven't seen him for like months. Yeah. Where is he? And Fab goes, in prison. Yeah. <laughs> he got done. Yeah. And he, there's articles on the Herald Sun. <laughs> so, but so this, this, hey, this, this character. Good behavior. He'll be out in three to six. <laughs> This this guy, who nice enough on the surface, so you know I'll only judge of how he's. He was a nice guy. Um, he came in through this door, it's and said, cool. and, and and Sean, we should have gone with it. We we actually could have broken. I something told for you once. to go with it. He walks in and goes, uh, 
Stevenson. Jaden Stevenson, yeah. gone. I told you to go with it. Because I just got a text, it's gone. And this is a full hour before the AFL world had even gone with it. And I said to Sean, this. Admittedly, Sean said, who gave you this info? I did. Insert name, question. <laughs> but um, if we would have gone with it, we would have been breaking. I t- I t- his credibility again. increased as far as his intel. Fabian does not have the new uh, the nose of a news hound. Yeah. He's an absolute animal. Um, so, look, obviously, Nick, uh, Nick Austin, the son of Rod Austin, has uh, come in to take on the role of head of list management. So it's already less senior than the position that yeah. Soss held, obviously, very deliberately so. Uh, 14 years of recruiting and list management experience across a number of clubs. Um, notably, the Bulldogs and Richmond have actually had great success with him. And that's an area where we do need to improve with those speculative picks and, and filling out the list with guys that are sort of diamonds in the rough. Yep. Um, we've been better at it more recently than we have, you know, 10 odd years ago mate if we had a pick outside of the first round 10 years ago we were picking no one we may as well passed yeah did you have any involvement he was obviously at port the same time you were there uh or involved I'm not, at the same I, yeah time. i'm not familiar with him because so. he was an analyst at that period yeah and, and our paths just didn't cross tim yeah. strictly professional in the office talked to no one kept his head down tim's <laughs> highlight of his uh, port days was leaving the grand final early missing my wedding to go to the draft oh there you go were you miss, on i didn't miss your wedding you came late to the church. Was I late? Was I? You were at the draft. That's not missing. Yeah, but I still. I and whilst still everyone after the, after, the, after the ceremony, everyone came up and congratulated me. Tim came up and said, "Got Matty Cruiser." <laughs> <laughs> Why was it on a Saturday? It used to be on a Saturday. Yeah, it was also say. election day. Yeah. That day, that Saturday was draft day, election day. And my wedding. I remember refreshing Talking Carlton back in the day. I was working at the video shop at that point in time uh, in Templestone. And I remember refreshing it feverishly, waiting for the pick to come through. And I went, okay, good. (laughs) Good result. Uh, Obviously, next up, we've got uh, the extra practice match has been booked in. We were only uh, scheduled to play two Marsh Series games. Obviously, Fremantle in Mandra, who the more I think about that game, the more I don't want anyone to play. Can we just send a team of Northern Blues? Can Cam Paulson play by himself? Like, honestly, I, 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 I'm going to be nice to him this year. Sorry, that, that is that. why this this extra game against Colin, which was next Thursday evening, is purely and simply because that game against Mandra is a nightmare. It's a nightmare of a trip. The ground is going to basically be like the green courts at the Australian Open. It's going to be like a car park. Fev, we years ago we played a game mm. there. Fev bruised his heel and was no good for about a third of the year. I, I was thinking about it. Who do I want to play in that game? Nobody. And I was like, no one. Finbar O'Dwyer, suit up, champ. You're getting out there. <laughs> Everyone else, Cam Matt Owies. Matt Owies, he can he's going to play five quarters because I don't want anyone <laughs> else out there. I was seriously looking at it, thinking, oh, like, run through the list. I want no one out there. Who's the other redhead? Matthew Cottrell. 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 Perth boy, beautiful. Flip, he can go. Yeah, Flip, Philp, whatever his name is, <laughs> he can get out there. Um, yeah, so look, that's, that's I think it's a really good idea. Um, not lost on me clearly that for several years we were told by coaches they start it every year. The season's too long. Too many games. We don't need three games. So the AFL go, okay, we'll do two. And then now everyone's going, can we get that third game? Yeah. Colin, when you want to play? So, look, should be a bit of fun back at the old ground. Four um, o'clock. We'll try to get along there next week, which will be great. Um, so it'll be more interesting that one. I think that'll be more of a genuine tune-up than the following week, from our point of view at least. And who do – we're obviously, what, playing Freo or something like and that Brisbane, at Mandra? Brisbane, yeah. So Freo at Mandra and then Brisbane – at Icon. Back at Icon. Yeah. On a so, Saturday. I think so. So the Sunday two afternoon. Could be one on Saturday. So it's a so weekend. The, the two Icon games I think will be the dress rehearsals. And yes. I think the Frio game will be a genuine like quasi intra club game. 
in terms of who we field. Um, and then lastly, something that's sort of been worrying me or concerning me in recent times, obviously, uh, you could set your watch to it. Charlie Curnow suffered some setbacks. Who we, could have possibly seen this coming? Well, you said it. Yes. You said it in the dungeon. So I, I, don't, did. I don't think he suffered any setbacks. I, I, just, so- I, I, the, I just thought... I pulled the sock out of my mouth too. Uh. The only thing that was set back was the... Uh, or delayed was the... I said it. The message, the truth of the message. They that said came out. he'll be running prior to Christmas or after Christmas. I said we'll get a message prior to Christmas that says he's had a setback. Go when Jared Pickett did his patella, which is a similar injury, not the exact same injury, but a similar injury. It was six to eight months. He did it in February, so everyone went, "Oh, well, that's the season." Oh, okay. He's done this in November, six to eight months. He'll be back in June. The the comment that they were saying on the website was, and and I know you sort of say you you take the website with a grain of salt, but Mm. they were always saying that a a patella, you know, a fractured kneecap is three to four months. Um, But remind me, when we were talking about Charlie, were we not talking about the stirring up the medial ligament injury from when he was playing basketball? Well, this is the thing. And when he was going to recover from this, and then he's had... The yeah. slipped on a tile and which just cracked makes him, his which kneecap. genuinely just makes him seem like uh, an imbecile. Mm. Well, we've had these discussions. <laughs> I, I love Charlie, but I think if you're going to find yourself in that sort of instance, are you accident prone? Are you just unlucky, or are you just I doing think, dumb things? And I, I, the impression I get from you, Fab, is the same. I think that he'd done the injury in November. That would mm. keep him out till June, and they've just drip fed us the setbacks. Info. To the point where we don't, because November is a big time for membership. It's a big time for positivity hmm. around the club prior to Christmas, and especially when good news stories, yep, are few and far between for a very long period of time. Like what was it two years ago? Mark Murphy was out for one to two weeks, oh. for fourteen weeks. Yeah, it was ridiculous. The high ankle sprain, and this is why. And moving on, to well, our, that was more syndesmosis in the end. Is, yeah, is, yeah. Well, moving on to Dr. our, to our other uh, <laughs> to our other key forward, Harry Mackay's groin still sounds like it's rooted. So I'm not sure why we haven't. <laughs> I don't know why. When I was, I'm sure you guys were the same. Watching him f- kick for goal later than round thirteen, painful. He, his groin was stuffed. So why is he still kicking for goal without a football? Why is he still carrying a serious groin injury? I think the rationale behind that was give him time. Mm. Um, I think that the rest would obviously settle it down, and then well, if we've learned we'll anything to, from this, we'll start to incrementally increase his workload. And I think as soon as they increase the workload, he broke down. Well, the lesson from this, Fabian, is if any one of our players ever has the option between rest or surgery, it's surgery that afternoon. <laughs> because it's ridiculous. He, at this stage, well, geez, will he be ready for one? He won't be ready for one. No, probably not. Um, and he'll play throughout the year, but I reckon he's going to play a whole season underdone. Yep. And he did it last year. And, yep. and Harry... I think he did a good job last year to, to everything but the kicking for goal. Yeah, he was great. Well, that's where it hampers him the most. Yes, so. and it's just it's disappointing once again that this transparency regarding injuries we haven't been good at it traditionally, and the concern at the moment is just early days in this particular campaign. We don't look like we're getting any better. My 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 take and what I'm just interested, curious in is is his issue just stability and is it you know doing the old school you know pilates whatever strengthen the core build up build up build up and then just when you're on top of it then you're ready for greater load because Mm. that to me 
in the background that sounds more like the issue or, or is what more likely is going to be the issue. And I just don't know how readily you turn the corner. Like there just may be a certain point when, you know, until you're at, you know, 45% strength, 55%, 65%, it's just not going to cut the mustard. But once you're at 75, 80, then all of a sudden you're actually going to be okay. You'll keep on working it and trying to improve that strength. It's how quickly you can get there. And then reload and and be ready to play. And, and, And will they risk playing him when he's still underdone? because he can get out there and he can run around and he can compete. And the answer probably will be if Levi's playing and he's working as a target, Mitch McGovern's getting up and down the ground, doing what we need to do, and the small forwards are working, hmm. well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, that, but any of them go down, then all of a sudden we're in strife. I was going to say, we'll touch a bit on it more, but this time last year, Mitch McGovern tried to take mark of the year in a yeah, bit, bit pre, of training pre, and broke his, broke his back. Yeah. Mm. And Mitch McGovern's him. fit. Levi had a good year. I don't reckon we rush, Charlie. We don't. I don't reckon we, we don't rush. Need to. Harry. Well, this is, leads us into our next sort of segment, if you will. Um, we've decided to kick off the year with uh, three wishes. The old Aladdin genie's lamp type situation. What are yeah. our three wishes? Give it a for rub the, for the twenty twenty season. So we're going to each give it a rub. Going to take it in turns. Jesus. Um, <laughs> I'll kick things off as is custom. Uh, my first wish. Beautiful segue from the last. Charlie Kerno fully fit over his knee concerns. Uh, no matter if it takes the whole year. If we don't yeah. see him play a minute of football in 2020, not a problem in the world. If the end of that is he's fully fit, he's over his knee concern. Obviously, uh, uh, Andrew Russell's a huge part of this work wonders with uh, Jager, um, whose knee was probably worse than Charlie's is and has got him back playing great footy and playing consistent footy and yep. being able to play consistently. So that's number one for me. Uh, mine, um, well, I'll just go, I'll touch on it because one of them, it wasn't my first wish, it was my second. But, oh, it doesn't uh, need to be in order. A relatively injury-free season. Obviously, minor niggles, one to two weekers are they're just, just part of football. But um, just an avoidance of any season-ending stuff from now on in, obviously, knowing where we're at with Charlie and Harry. But Love it. What do we got for us, Timbo? Wish number one? I was a little bit more specific. And, and obviously, was we all terrible. had our... That was terribly vague, uncommittal. <laughs> well, he's a bit of a hobby horse of mine, but I've said I want David Cunningham to play 22 home and away games. Fanciful, and want, Timbo. And I want him to average 20 disposals, four tackles, and a goal a game. I'd love that. So will Josh I Fraser. I like it. <laughs> I, lo- I like that. I reckon that's really good. Uh, similar lines to that for me, my second wish. I want Zach Fisher and Lockie O'Brien to become our metres gained kings. Like it. They're obviously going to find it hard to supplant. You know, Nick Newman led that for us last year. Yep. And Simpson's always there or thereabouts. Daisy as well last year. Because when you're off half-back, you've got more metres to gain, naturally. And you're naturally going to be moving, exactly more right. likely moving forward. But yep. those two roaming the wings, running and carrying with pace, using their skills to kick us inside 50. I think Nick Newman led us, he averaged... 466 metres gained. Yep. Uh, I think the top was, I think it was about 520 or something. Research. Um, that might have been, who was that? I did write that down. I haven't written it down here. Um, but 466, that was 15th Newman. So he was 15th in the league. And I think we had, where was it? Murphy, Simpson, Thomas and Walsh were the rest of our top five, but they were within the top 120 odd. Yep. Sure. So if we can get those two guys in the top 50 or 60, we'll be going a long way to winning footy games. Absolutely. My second wish, which was my first wish on my list. Yep. Um, I want a good start. Oh, we need a good start. I don't want to be 0-8, 0-7. I don't want to be 0-3. I just said... Got to beat Essendon in round three. A 
50-50 start, mm. yeah, will he win one, lose one, win two, lose two, or vice versa? And then if in the tail end of the year, I expect us to, that 50-50 ratio to kind of drop more towards losses than wins. But roughly around that 50-50, especially just, from the start. We just season, can't that's get the, behind the eight ball, yeah, which, yeah, we do, which we've done every year since like well, if 13. Our, if our, we didn't start so poor last year, we, we actually had a good season. We were playing well early, just not winning. Mm. We, we set it so much. And Cost benefit though is we've got a new coach who well, I think look, is a better coach. Yeah, yeah no doubt. What's, is it me or is it you, Tim? No, oh, it's up to me. My number two, look, pretty simple. I just want to see Sam Doherty having zero issues with his reconstructed knee. Yep. You know, whatever his outputs are, I mean, we understand that, you know, he left the football field as an All-Australian. I, I think there's probably a lot of people that are expecting him to come back exactly the same way. You can't. I feel this is a bit like he and Tom Stewart at half back in the All-Australian team. I reckon this is a bit like the old days of the, you know, the wrestling promotions where you had the champion vacate the belt. And then return with an interim champion, and it's like, what are you doing in my position? His music comes on, yeah. and, and Tom Stewart just turns around. Yeah. What? What's happening? It's, um, you know, Doherty's there to get the belt. Crowd's they have, gone wild. They have a ladder match. I'm thinking Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, WrestleMania <laughs> ten. So, so yeah, my, my expectation on Sam Doherty, you know, really, really low. Yeah. I, I, I figure he, he is in the same way that, um, old mate. Uh, Who's the jungle boy? Da- uh, Daisy <laughs> had a mental blank for a moment. The, ju- um, the jungle boy. Yeah, da- Daisy's taken over from the role that Sam Doherty had played. Yeah. Got a fair bit of the footy, used it well, impacted, was a nice footballer, but not stellar. Um, Brought but, heart more than anything, yeah. Daisy. Oh, look, absolutely. Love the Brought passion. passion. Love, yeah. I, look, I, I think he was a fantastic player for Carlton in the period that he was in there, and we needed a character like that, and I think he played his role really, really well. Um and but I think Sam Doherty comes back. He'll still be the quarterback. They'll use him. He'll provide a lot of rebound. But I don't think he's going to dominate games. No, and we need to temper that expectation as well. Oh, and, you know, and, and that's what I'm saying. So at the end of the day, all I want is no injuries, yep. and what will be will be. If we get that stock standard 200 game type player, that experience, that the older head that is cool in a crisis, fantastic. If he ends up being our best player, well, he'll be. I think awesome. a really good is this, example. Is this, a, is this a wish? Yeah, it's a long Jeez. one. No, I want him. The wish is this genie's coming out going. These, these blokes are weird. Sam Dockett is injury free. <laughs> injury free. Um, I think that the thing with Doc is if he can get through the first month and a bit injury free, no setbacks, no complications, Recovering whatever. Well, all that sort of I think stuff, his yeah. confidence then, no doubt, will be visible. So that's a good one. My last wish. Been a hobby horse of mine for a long time, Fab. I reckon I'm going to get some. I reckon I'm going to get a nod of agreement from the Fab Ganoush about this one. Apt, given what I'm wearing, the raised monogram <laughs> to return has to return on the playing kits. At least the blokes who run out on the field need to have so a raised. Not, so monogram. obviously, people aren't familiar. That the real sort of train spotting fans amongst us uh, know that the Carlton playing Guernsey has obviously had the raised or embossed monogram over the last couple of years. The club has thought we Wasn't haven't it? noticed it's been diluted to the point now that it's not there at all. It's just a sublimated logo. And I'm not being... I hope I'm not being overreacting. It's unacceptable. I'll take it as far as this, and I love... I've told you this a few times. We... I was at work, and Andrew Pang, a good mate of mine, Andrew Pang, says to me, he goes, Collingwood supporter, which is funny because his brother, Sam, is a Carlton man, who we all know. Um, <laughs> yes. He goes to me, when we had the... Stylized monogram during the Juddy era. The sans serif. Yeah, and the, you know when Nike first came on, they, they had a, a different type of monogram on our jumpers. It still looked good. Yeah. But he said, you've never won a flag 
with that monogram. And until you go back to the old-fashioned monogram, you won't win a flag. I just think and that stuck with me. I'm like, yeah, no, it's I'm, just not us. I think it's a And non- we've gone back to it. But as you've said, gradually... They've just diluted it slow. They went for the slight bevel and then they went for like the kind of optical illusion. And then you see, we've noticed it. Yeah, and then the, now... For the mass-produced stuff. Not a problem. Do whatever you want. But for me, it's an absolute non-negotiable. It's like... And the concern, I think I tweeted it at the time. I actually sent a message into the, the club's forum about it and they kind of said, oh, some wishy-washy... <laughs> they told you to get stuff. Like some wishy-washy nonsense about a player requirement because I've said we've had a raised logo since 1927. They said something about... Um, Athletic requirements of sporting apparel has come a long way since 1927. I felt like saying, fuck off. <laughs> like it's an absolute non-negotiable. The worry for me is, if that's not sacrosanct, what is? What is? At the football club, if no one sat there and said, no, 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 no. I think I said to Fabian, if Puma said to me, look, we can't do it, we don't know how to do it yet, whatever, I would have said, make us plain Navy Guernseys and we'll just heat press uh, stencil on ourselves. Just This season, we've got to figure out how to fix it up. But just give us a bunch of plain navy Guernseys, and we'll we'll do them ourselves this year, because it's absolutely non-negotiable. Yep, love it. You want to go next, or am I? No, uh, you're next. Oh, Finals. So, one last. Oh no! You're going I, for four I, wishes, I, eh? No, no, no. I was going to add something to it. There was a great bit of footage. Carlton fans out there would know it. There was a great bit of footage on draft night, 2015. Where he's rubbing the belly. It's, it's for some people it would mean nothing. For true blue Carlton fans. Jacob Wiedering sitting with the other top 10 draftees to get the photo taken, the class-style photo. The centre photo. Centre photo, and he's sitting there, and he's got the Guernsey on, and he does this thing where he doesn't know the cameras are on him sort of thing. He's not. He's waiting for the shot to be taken, and he puffs out the chest a bit and starts rubbing the logo. Like he's going, oh, it's raised. So that's going, oh, it's different. And I just thought, that's it. It should mean more because it does mean more. And when you take it away, then that's when you start to get people who go, I don't get it. Oh, I'm not sure. I've never noticed it to be honest. It's it's just not something blasphemy. No, it just it's never something that has jumped out at me. But you never noticed I, a Southern Cross on the flag, Tim? A what? <laughs> no, no, no. I I I love that that's important to you guys and it means something because it means we, nothing to me. No, it's no, Vienna no. Ultravox. <laughs> <laughs> we we all take our little pieces away from the big picture that is, and as I said, it's it's not something that's that's driven me or I've really well, it needs I, to. I have a funny feeling that I remember the Weedering vision yeah. though and and I thought it was just more that logo yeah. as opposed to it being raised well, you can the touch mine that, if you want well let's do that later <laughs> but the fact that you're pointing it out now I'll take far more notice well of you it. can't Tim because it's supplemented this to. year <laughs> Fabian you're saying finals finals that's it that's, that, the wish, that, that, though, that's a legit that's a wish genie wish yeah, like genie it. wish absolutely so like just it. finals I like it and Timbo your last wish Jack Martin makes good on his immense promise I love it I like that that's what so I want. was way too measured but yeah no I was... like that one that's a good one um, so if you've got wishes obviously you're listening to this uh, let us know hit us up on the Twitter what are we the Prenda underscore cast Something like that. We'll get it. Hit us up on Twitter if you're listening. Give us your wishes for and 2020. And I'm going to fire up the Instagram page oh, no. this year. What are you going to put on it? I don't know. I'll think about something. Nudes. <laughs> Nudes. <laughs> uh, we're going to do some pre-season predictions. We did this on Twitter recently and got an excellent response. So thank you to everyone who chimed in and, and gave us their big predictions for 2020. We'll go through ours. Now, I sort of did the initial one on the Twitter on behalf of us all, and I've actually forgotten what they were. So I've just, I've just kind mm. of done them again. And- there will be people out there who probably look for our answers and try and see if I've married them up. I haven't. I haven't gone back to see what I responded. Yeah, I'm not even sure. <laughs> so, so we're going to quick fire through these. Yep. Uh, wins? Ten. Timbo? 
10. I, I said 9 to 10. Uh, I think previously I said like 12, but... You, you did, I, actually. You went high. Yeah, I was a bit high, and I thought, no, no, look, let's... If we get 12, we're going to be wrapped. But 10, 10 to me The is... Niners have knocked the confidence right out of Timbo. <laughs> Timbo was driving into work one day. He was sitting at the lights and went, 12's ambitious. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> can I digress? And it's Gozer again, but when... Oh, Goz, shout Ant out. prints out the fixture for... This is North four years ago, right? <laughs> Says, Goz, where do you think you'll lose... And Goz honestly looks at it for about five minutes and goes, can't find one. I see us winning every game. <laughs> he goes, I can mount an argument for us winning every Nick, game. Nick Malthouse like, style. Wow. Yes. Didn't Mick get castigated for that? Ridiculous. Yep. Ladder position, I've got us 10th. 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 Excellent. Our best and fairest winner. Now, I'm pretty sure I won't be alone here. For me, it's Crips until proven otherwise. Yep. Crips. As the John Nichols medalist. I'm going Jacob Wietering. You love Jacob. I, I like am it. predicting a monster year. Beautiful. You were embroiled in a long-running Twitter standoff with someone about weedering last year, and I think I won. I'm in your corner. He backed away. He disappeared. He gave up. Um, best and fairest winner of Crips. Obviously, you had Crips and you went for weedering. All Australians. I've got Paddy Crips as captain. Yep. He should ja- have been captain two years ago. Jacob Weedering at centre half back. Yep. And he's one for you, and it's. Almost predicated on Harris Andrews maybe having an injury play. I've thought about this man. Liam Jones, fullback. Thought about him. I've got two, Weedering and Cripps. Yeah, I've gone for Weedering and Cripps. And I've gone for, depending on that second-year syndrome, I think Walsh could make the squad. Yep. He should have made the squad last year. Mm. Really? Uh, It's very hard in the midfield because you spread so broadly. I think as a recognition... Of what a first-year player had achieved. Wouldn't have an issue with it. Uh, and I've, I thought Wiedering should have made the squad last year as well. Yep, yep. Um, leading goal kicker. Now, this is a tricky one. Question marks over Harry and Charlie early in the year yep. make me lean towards Mitch McGovern. Yep. However, I reckon I'm going to go with Eddie Betts. He kicked 37 goals last year, which would have comfortably got, led our goal kicking. I've got Eddie Betts 25 to 30 goals. And you know what? 35, 35 if he had a kick... Sorry, if you or I, any of us, were playing for the Carlton Football Club, 35 goals would have led us in each of the last six years. That's a great stat. He had a shocking year Matthew last Wright year. Matthew Wright led it for a couple of years. Yeah, he kicked 20. <laughs> Matthew Wright or Matthew White? Matthew Wright. So yeah, Eddie, Betts is, Matthew White. Eddie Betts had an ordinary year by many of you. Know, he's slowing down, yep. whatever. Yep. He still kicked 37. Still yep. kicked yep. far more goals than anyone. And you know what's even worse? If you kick 30 goals, you would have won three of them. Jesus. So I think Eddie, uh, I'd love to see that. Yeah, Eddie for me. Mitch McGovern. Like it. Beautiful. Who of our recruits will have the biggest impact? Oh, well, I'll say Jack Martin. Jack with, Martin. With, without a shadow of I'm doubt. just looking forward to watching him get in amongst it in a team that's a little bit yeah. more settled than the Gold Coast where I think he'll have more responsibility to freewheel a bit. And it's not so much he has to prove himself. No. I reckon he's proven it's reminding yes. people. A lot of people wouldn't have watched early Gold Coast games. When he was, he burst onto the scene well, and he well, Tim, was electric. Tim would know this. I mean, I'm not sure who said it, but he was regarded as the best underage prospect ever. Ever. That's some guy's most talented. Ever. Ever. And you went, oh, wow. Okay. We had a bit of a Twitter exchange with Matty Lappin, of course, who coached Jack uh, up at the Gold Coast. Love his, his work time online. There. Love Skinny's work. Magnificent yep. guy. Um, and he, well, I asked him about Jack Martin and he said, to, to, not quoting him verbatim, but basically said, talent is absolutely not an issue. Kid trains, works his butt off, just needs the right environment. Superstar talent. Yep. So I'm excited about that. Beautiful. Big, big, big games. Yes. Playing MCG. I just I, I just think there's 
There's something Yaz about, I reckon, oh, so I his say, mentality. He's going to fill the Chris Yaron-sized hole in I, my heart. I have, I have already made the call to a number of my mates. Round one, we will beat Richmond. Jack Martin will get three votes. I think that this, I have called it, and I'm sticking fat with it. There's something about him that I just reckon. Otherwise. I just reckon the big game's going to put a smile on his face, and he's going to sit there and go, "This is great." And people are going to care about what I'm doing. Fingers crossed. Um, who will be our biggest improver? I've gone for Lockie O'Brien. Big, big I fan think of Lockie. Was, I, pro- I think he was probably that last season. Yeah. Um, I've gone with Zach Fisher. I think he takes a genuine s- step where the AFL world go, Ooh. wow. And, the, and the, he this was guy. De- he, he seemed poised to do it at the start of last year and he just leveled off a little like bit. Felt like he was misused. Yeah, maybe. Was maybe unclear on what he was there to do. Yep. and. No, Look, very, very Zach similar Fisher. to both of you. Yes. And, and I think he showed plenty very late in the season when they pushed him into the back line. But I just think Sam Petrovsky-Seaton mm-hmm. is going to mature and really Love really Samo. show something yeah. this year. I'm looking forward to it. If, if, if every day, if it was raining 22 times a year when we played, he'd win the Brownlow. He's the Michael Schumacher of the AFL. He is. If it was rain, <laughs> he's, he's great the, in the wet. He's the rainmaster. If it rains, lock Samo in for a big day. He loves, which is he extraordinary, loves wearing the long it too. Which is extraordinary from a guy who I could only imagine as a youngster didn't see rain for 15 years. <laughs> it's just bizarre. Um, it's a big year for, I've gone for Matt Kennedy and Caleb Marchbank. At a bit each way. I think Marchbank, just because I love to, there's a little bit about him today potentially playing on the wing and blah, blah. We just need him to have a bit of luck. And just be able to play consistently, yeah. and if he can do that, I think he'll have a great year. And Matt Kennedy, because he found a bit of a niche for himself, you know, later in the season last year, and was doing a role that most people probably wouldn't have thought he was suited to, but he did really well. His home isn't forward; he needs to make a spot in the midfield. Yep. So I think it's a big year. I think he's out of contract at the end of the year, so it's a big year for him to make a move. Yep. I've gone with Liam Stocker. Like it. There was a video on the website last year where Cripps is talking to the playing group and basically says, it's up to you to decide when you want to be an elite AFL footballer. It's not, don't wait for time to pass. Oh, yeah. He's only in his first year, his second year. Cripps said, uh, just watch Dead Poets Society. He basically just said, you determine when you're ready to take the next step. And I think if Liam Stocker heeds that advice and wants it enough... I think he could have a massive. You love the number thirteen, though. You just got there's something about that Guernsey. Millam, Mill, Yaz. The way Mill Justin so Davies. calmly told people to get off his the bonnet of his car after training one night. You <laughs> <laughs> drove a brown Holden station wagon, <laughs> and it was parked right outside the change rooms. And there was about five people sitting on on the bonnet, and Mill just walked up nonchalantly and said. Mind if you get off the car, please? And they did. And he got in and away he went. I particularly love the way he, he held on stoically to those strands of hair when it was departing him. Yeah. Like when he does his knee in 87. Yeah. Oh, my God. He looked like he was 95 years old. Benjamin Button. So it was a big year for Liam Stocker, not for Mill Hannah, but we do wish Mill all the best. Who have you got? To, did you do yours, Timber? No, I haven't done it yet. Uh, a little bit left of centre. Um, a guy that we held a lot of hope for. Um, I'd love to see Tom Williamson yes. be able to just regather the, the momentum that he had in his career um, and and be playing bloody good football and just see where he can potentially fit in Looks this Looks like team. he's 
like training fully. Looks fantastic. Which is good. Like mm. I, I, you can never tell anything just from a photo. No, no. they but, fucking uh, they t- they 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 wind the contrast right up on those photos. <laughs> you can see every fucking pore. Sinew. <laughs> he, he looks good. He's one of those players though that doesn't require a bucket load of matches. Sean and I saw him off nothing in the Collingwood VFL match early Maybe, in the yeah. season last year. Yeah. He played at Victoria Park and he hit the ground right. He was BOG. Easy. Really? Not by well, Paddy touches. Kerr. Paddy Kerr was BOG in the end because we left and the, the guy somehow snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. It looked hopeless. But I got in the car and said Young to Young Dacos missed... I got in the car and go, they won. Young Dacos <laughs> missed the sitter yeah. I think, on the siren. Oh, really? to uh, Yeah, so... Yeah. And then lastly, uh, big call for the year. Timbo's kind of stolen my thunder indirectly, but my big call is we will be in the eight at the end of round one. I like it. I love it. I think we'll roll them. I've got two. Charlie won't see a minute of season 2020. Yeah, well, oh. I can see that. And Kate Simpson won't play more than 10 games of football. That is a juicy call. I love it. Uh, I'm doubling down on the earlier discussion, yeah, but I, my big call is... David Cunningham will make the All-Australian squad of four years. Jesus, a that is a giant forward call. midfielder. I just want David Cunningham to play four games in a row. <laughs> Tip's got him in the All-Australian squad. And your Brownlow medalist is David Cunningham. <laughs> D Cunningham. I am not going that hard. David Cunningham has become the first player in history to receive 22 best on grounds. <laughs> I, first I unanimous still, winner. I just still hark back to that. Like the pre-season that he had, he was kicking goals from Are you going to talk about that Bulldogs goal? No, there was. Well, I was going to say, but it was the Hawthorne one too. I was getting a bit firm. That Bulldogs goal. Oh, he had the, his highlights were like he had the Hawthorne. He had the Hawthorne yeah. goal. He had the Bulldogs goal. Yep. He <laughs> was, was the him. one who t- sharks it to Gibbo. So Gibbons is running on it. We get the ball out of the centre. Yes. Cunningham does the tap work into Gibbo, who hands no look hand pass to McGovern and puts us two or three goals up against the Pies. Against Pies, yeah. We yep, yep, yep. and we were about- rocking. And then we just fell We've spoken hole. about David and we've spoken about him at length. And I hope you mentioned it earlier with Cripps speaking about Stocker. If somebody hasn't grabbed David Cunningham by the throat and said, you are good enough, yeah. they need to. You yeah. are good enough to play senior AFL football. Employ someone just to be his. I'll do it for 60 grand. I, Brent Gleason <laughs> and threatened I. Threatened players. Shout out to Brent. Yeah. We chatted to Matthew Cruiser. At a Christmas party. It's funny you say that. Fabian chatted to Matthew Cruz last week, <laughs> earlier this week. Earlier this week, but uh, but I said to we both said to Matty, I, I talked to him about a few things, and uh, and we said David Cunningham, and he said uh, he said he said he's unbelievable. He said some days he will be the best player on the field at training, and he just said he's, and then other times he said he'll just. Go a little bit missing. We just need to whatever, however we can get him in the mood. We need to find the trigger. If he finds that consistency, and and again, preseason last year he looked like he'd almost nailed it, and then he caught that injury, whatever it was, in about round three, and you thought, oh, he just he's he's just gets robbed of momentum. But I just feel like he's that close. Love it. Uh, We're going to move now on to big questions as we head into this current season. Um, I'll be chairing this one, so you react, please, gentlemen. What is a realistic expectation? Of Eddie Betts. Like I said earlier, 37 goals last year, nothing to sneeze at. Uh, shrewd acquisition in light of not getting Papley. And I think that the bottom line... You know, for, I'd forgotten all about the Papley thing well, until the, you the, just mentioned it, Ned. The bottom line for me with, with Eddie is 
if Eddie Betts plays for us last year, even with diminishing powers... He wins us one or two he games. He wins us the Melbourne game. He wins us the Gold Coast game. He wins us the Hawthorne game. I reckon we're in front enough to win the Hawthorne Just game. him kicking a couple of goals. He's a little bit of nows. What do you reckon? So that's why I've said, realistically, 25 to 30 goals. Yep. He'll go missing some weeks, but he's also going to win us one or two games. There's nothing wrong with filling your boots yep. against the worst team in the competition. Do it. Do it. No one else has bloody been able to do it for no. five years. What so do you reckon, Timbo? I, I said he averages one and a half goals and four tackles a game. So that gives him 33 for the season. It gives it gives us the forward pressure that we need. Mm-hmm. And But then I also added that he provides support for Jack Martin and that there's every chance the latter provides a greater benefit to the Carlton Football Club. Oh, totally. And mark of the year. Or at least an attempt. Goal of the year? He's going to have to work hard to take Murph's pocket away at the G. <laughs> Which one's True. Murph's pocket? Murph's pocket's the southern stand. Yeah. Where he, he kicks the check side against just, Collingwood in, in an earlier Essendon. year. He's done it against Essendon. He's done a few of them. And then he did... Are you talking about Ponsford end or are you no, talking... No, the southern stand. The southern punt right end. And he did... It was, was it against yeah, the Crows? That's also the pocket to Eddie at pace against Collingwood. Oh, yeah. That's why I said it. Because it's Murphy's co-op that he's taken over the lease. Which one did he take? do this year? We had the Frio one where we won. Super. He did it against... I reckon he did a left-footed one against somebody else this year as well. Was it in the rain? Yeah, yeah. No, it was he at the MCG punt, Ponsford end. It wasn't the Ponsford end. You're losing your mind. It's he did the a lefty down end. that end. No, no, he did one. Why are we arguing about this? Yeah, well, Why true. am I indulging you? You're wrong. <laughs> this year? No, <laughs> no, no, this year he did one. At the punt road end uh, in the southern, on southern stand pocket. Was it against Adelaide? Maybe. Or was that, no, Setterfield kicked a big goal there Might against have, For some reason, I think it was an interstate team. We're dwelling. Anyway, I like it. Um, question number two. This is probably the biggest one for me, to be brutally honest. Can David Teague unlock our front half like he did with Adelaide? You, this is a guy, when he was at Adelaide, they were the best scoring team in the competition. They blew teams away. I'm not necessarily expecting that, particularly whilst we have to be creative. But he made, or his setup made Josh Jenkins an $800,000 a year player. People were thinking about paying this guy big six figures. So I think I just did some numbers. We averaged 68 points a game under Bolton, 79 under Teague, and I would argue Teague had lesser personnel to achieve that extra two goals. So what do you think he can do? Can he do it? Can he help unlock our scoring power? Absolutely. If he's got... Well, he's got Jack Martin and Eddie Betts now to crumb. He's got... Will Setterfield, whose confidence towards the back end of last year was he was flying. Mm. He's got a fit Mitch McGovern. And Levi, who in the absence of Charlie and Harry, is a focal point. You need focal points. When we were flying in about 2011, Satantaro Halpin was you're playing to that. It's a just it's it's playing to a point we could have done, that everyone else can rove to. We could have done with that era Satanta recently. Yeah. No doubt. So now the injury to Mitch last year hampered us and obviously not having Charlie and Harry being at half rat power whereas Mitch and Levi I reckon are enough to get this forward line going and again being at training they seem to be really focusing on trying to move the ball fast you move the ball fast you give a a functioning forward line that's got space opportunities um as we've sort of said, the challenge may be cobbling together that functional yeah. forward line. You've but said, Tim, I think there's options. Uh, at times last year, and I absolutely 100% agree with it. I've taken it on as a mantra of mine because how much I agree with it. The measure of a good team is do you kick easy goals? Oh, without a doubt. You don't have to, not every goal 
we up until almost up until Teague took over, we never kicked easy goals. It's like the Mick Malthouse touchdown. You know, how, yeah, how does that yeah. happen? When you when you kick the easy and goal, we kick, things are working everywhere. We kick so few of them. I can vividly remember that well, one where McGovern ran into goal. Yep, just over the top against Adelaide. Uh, we had one against St Kilda. We had a few against Hawthorne early in the just game. Run as into like, goal. Yeah, and sit there and go, put down your glasses. That's another one. You've just beaten the press or whatever. And because so, yeah. of that, we could never put scoreboard pressure because teams sat there and go, we only need to kick ten goals to win. Yep. They were very focused on that forward line structure and a lot of the high, even when you watch the highlights and obviously the sessions that Tim and I saw, it was a lot of in structure, crumbing, goal. And one thing that did stand out that when it was Tom DeConning's time to rotate through that forward line, Teague was having to like physically just take him through everything. It was just lost. It was lost. So. He's not a natural forward. No. He might need to adapt that. But obviously there. But he could fly for a big grab. Oh, absolutely. But well, that, that flow it was actually... positioning, set up, positioning, and that he was just off. But that's fine. We're, we're trying to figure out, I think knowing that Harry's not there and Charlie's not there, getting this functioning forward line right. Well, that's the next question, I suppose. Charlie and Harry's durability will force us to be early, uh, creative early on in the season. Who steps up? I'm advocating the equal opportunity offense, where it's, I don't need someone to kick five or six. With Darcy Vessio. Darcy Vessio. <laughs> Fucking t- t- tip to AFLW defenders. Great effort by the girls, by the way, to win uh, round one. Fantastic performance. Yep. Um, comfortably the better team, which is a good big game this weekend against Collingwood. Two or three of the new girls that Excellent. have flown past the, Excellent. Uh, the other ones. If you're playing on Darcy Vessio, just keep her in front of you. Yeah. Stick golf side. Timbo, we're not making this about that. but Sorry. I digress. We should have traded her. No, no. I think... She- this is not a she's knock on her. No, no, she's skillful, but yes. she needs to play facing the goals. Play facing a Taylor Harris. Get the ball at feet and you're going towards it. She's trying to always, as you said, she tries to sneak out the back. She's playing football and there's in an no unstructured, room. unaccountable way because as the competition gets better, you, you can't do that. And we've Tim and I spoke about it last year. We should, I think we want to mention it on pod. We should have traded her for a king's ransom yeah. to Geelong. Not because she's a... She, Competent, very you know, talented footballer, yeah. but what you get from Prasparkas, Georgia Macabre, G plays her position Georgia better. G. Yeah. Georgia you, starts off the bench, mate. She is our forward. What you get from nineteen-year-old kids is yeah. going to serve you better long term, and they're just better players. If Georgia, when had, you saw the Breed Davy trade mm. and what we got from it, and what they're going to be, yeah. if you could do something similar with Darcy Vessio. It, and I think teams like, like, would be seduced I, by because the name. you know what you, because you know what you have. The fear of what what may come of it, you kind of it's the it's the better the devil you know. This next but, gen, but I just think that trade could. This next gen of AFLW player is going to leave yeah. the, the first if, gen in the dust. If Georgia had a bit more of a body to her, and she's, I don't think she's ever going to develop one. That she's just lightly framed. She'd be one of the best in the league. She is one of the most beautiful kicks. Yeah. But even with the ball. Oh, below her knees, the she's pick up. clean and quick. Oh, the pickup in. If she the had body to kind of put quarter? her body in places where you know you're going to cop a hit, she'd be that little bit bit better. But I'd be playing her. She started off the bench last week. I'd mm. like, get her in and amongst it. Well, we digress. But sorry, the AFL men's team needs to get to AFLM team. I should say, Fabian <laughs> uh, <laughs> needs to obviously be created. Who steps up? Who's who's our who's our ace in the hole early in the year? Mitch. Yep. It's Mitch McGovern, but Levi. Levi needs to carry that confidence from last year into this season. And if 
Harry needs five weeks and Charlie's out for half a year. Levi, you're centre half forward. Yep. Mitch, you're out of the goal square. Done. Settle it. Move on. Yep. And I reckon... Even Matty, we spoke about it earlier, Matty Kennedy, uh, Jack Silvani can mm. be the third tall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not ideal, but it's now an Now that we've got Eddie Betts and Jack Martin, I've got sneaky suspicion that Gibbo's going to go off his chops. In the midfield? Nah, still pushing he in. He played his best footy in the in mid. Played yeah. his best footy half forward at closest Hybrid. to goal. Hybrid. What do you reckon, Tim? Look, it's a huge ask, but they're basically saying at the moment there's three rookies training that are going to take the spot that's been vacated by Brody Kemp going onto the long-term injury list. And there's a fellow named Callum Moore who was a medium tall forward at uh, who'd played at Richmond uh, and had had ankle injuries and whatnot, who's training with us now. And it sounds like uh, we may be favouring him at the moment with a view to providing that depth with potentially having Harry and uh, Charlie out. Um, I'd be surprised if he was the answer and he's holding down a key position, but he's just another one of those ones that's that's potentially in the mix. Well, this is that philosophy that Sauce sort of had in that a stopgap isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm. If you're turning the list over to incrementally make yourself better or to fill a vacancy whilst it's there, not everyone you recruit is a superstar. No, that's right. So if you sit there and go, we've got a sh- potentially a short-term need, potentially a medium-term need, he could address it. How's how's the... It's just the sliding doors thing that this season, Paddy Kerr may have had an opportunity yeah. to play. He'd be the perfect player. Potentially. He would actually be the... The, the other interesting one, he's a different player, is Lucas Webb, who was the Western yes. Bulldogs guy. He went pick 27, and he was a, a forward midfielder as well, and was potentially creative enough was, to do um, it. Nick Austin... That's that yeah. was the comment. If Nick Austin was his list manager and he's seen fit to delist him, mm. why, unless he's had a great preseason, well, he's done it with Callum Moore as well. Oh well, he would have, wouldn't mm. he? Absolutely. The executioner, Randy Orton, the legend killer. Uh, Maybe we'll look elsewhere. <laughs> Maybe we'll just say Mitch McGovern or Levi Casbolt. Yeah. yeah. With regard to our obviously next question, with regard to our rucks, we need De Conning and Pitnet to put pressure on Matty Cruiser this year. We need to know. If there's a viable succession plan, which of those two do you think is the more likely? Tom DeConning is the succession plan. Mark Pitnett is the backup plan. That, yeah. that that's my view. I don't from I don't know much about Mark, but you he's, he's more or less no better but no worse than he's very physical though. I'd, I'd have Phillips. him I'd have him ahead of Phillips uh, purely probably on, on physicality. And he's in got rucking? Fa- in he, rucking? Yeah, he's, he's a fantastic competitor. He'd have to be a very good kick to be ahead of Phillips as far as... Yeah, but I think that we, I think we're going to get more out of Pitnet where we need to get it. Yeah. Because, yeah. look, nothing. Phillips's work rate was great and his endeavour was fantastic, but there were a couple of games where he deputised for Cruiser and we were sorely... We found lacking. But they were games against guys like Toddy Goldstein and... I understand that. Ruckman need And I think who, Scott Lysette got a hold of him uh, in the Port Adelaide game. Yeah. yeah. Like, badly. Badly. Um. So, look, I, personally, I think that it's... And Nankervis, round one, kicked, what, three on him or something like that? I think that we've, we've, got, a, we've got some options there. Was that there. the other one? Was that Matt Lobey? can't remember. Because Cruiser didn't play yeah. the first three rounds of the year, three, four rounds of the year. But I think, uh, I I'm tend to agree, I think De Conning, we, we probably need to see something from him this year that suggests the role could be his. Mm. And I think Pitnett's going to be a fantastic um, competition. The in-time line for Tom De Conning is has to start to erode. Yes. And... He has to start showing, which he has in glimpses, but this is the season he has to pile a body of work where you look at the twos and go, 
And as I said, even if it's this at, kid's the next ruckman. Even if it's at VFL level, like yeah. having having done the stuff at Box Hill that I did, Mark Bittner was the best ruckman in the VFL. Yeah. And you sit there and go, that's what he needed to. And be. that's why I love that we picked him up because you give him the opportunity, but Plan A is Cruz. Yeah. Um, and if Cruz has such a good season that there is just no Cruz looking at all, he just doesn't do it. Well, and that's probably right too. Probably but but, but having a guy like that who can step in and do the job is fantastic. And he was that bit younger than hmm. um, Phillips, Phillips as well. So, you know, to me, terrific recruitment having not given up. You pretty much gave back what you got for Phillips. So yeah. it really was a direct swap, swap for all intents and purposes. I think this is my favourite question. <laughs> I've been waiting for a long time for this one. You've written them all. I've been waiting a long this time. Is the, this is the one you've liked, liked the most? Yeah, no, just because I'm happy to be able okay. to say it. I'm happy to be able to pose it. Is this the first time in some time that we're entitled to be bullish about our back six? No doubt. Let's not count our chickens, but yeah. But we can feel There's like... There's some depth. There's some genuine... Some, we've actually got some class. Our, our back line looked... And we haven't seen relatively together. settled last year. We haven't seen... We haven't and we seen, were missing Marchi, Williamson, Wiedering didn't Doc. play a bunch at the back end. You put all that in... And all of a sudden, and we'll get to it after when we name our best 22. You even go Willow. Is this, there's players who are like, shit, how are you not in the game? Doherty's back. You're not going to get We've brought game. in Jack Nunes, who could play that role and play yeah. it really, really well. I just think there's options, there's variety, there's competition. And I think that that vulnerability that we've carried for nearly a decade, really. Like late last year, when and Fab touched on it. Late last year, we actually showed an ability. The Sydney game is probably the best example. They were a little bit down on manpower. You know, Buddy didn't play. But at the same time, we just controlled the game. Yeah. Hugh Goddard got concussed yes. in the first quarter yes. and we were a man down for the whole game. And, and just, he was a guy who felt sorry for him, finally got his opportunity yeah. and he got yeah. knocked yeah. out. Yeah. And I said this about, you know, that uh, Tiki's in the scoring power. And I think the same goes for our D6, is that he didn't have what is notionally our best defence to work with yet had it working better. He didn't have our best forward and had it working better. So that's one I'm looking forward to seeing how that develops. Hopefully we can get close to our best um, or full complement out there. Next question. If Cripps is number one, clearly. Walsh is number two. Everyone wants a fab four in a midfield. Who are three and four? Obviously you're, we're looking into the future. You can you can to, take to say it right now, way you want. To say it right now, it's still Murph and Ed. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the fall. That's what want? I wrote. In 2020, but it is. Where do you want it to be at the end of the year? Liam Stocker. Mm-hmm. I think he has the body, the size, the skill set to go in there, take Murph's position. And then I don't know, but I still see Paddy Dow being the, being the Ed Kerner, being the workhorse. I think Paddy Dow, if his head's right, he's the player. He's we saw player. a bit like... Dave, like Cunningham style, where he did a few things when he got back in the team late, and he just went excellent, good pickups, good vision, clean disposal, whatever. He went, that's great. Mm. The only advice I'll give Paddy Dow: namesake, be a Paddy Dangerfield. When you get the ball and get out of the centre, which he does not struggle to do, mm. and that's that's why his his errors are so glaringly obvious because he's in time and space. Yeah. And then four or five steps prior to that, get it long, get in the hot spot. Dangerfield Don't try just- and hit someone. Patrick Dangerfield gets the ball and just boots the shit out of it. Get it down fast. Yeah. And when he, when Paddy Dangerfield does the same thing as Paddy Dow and takes those five or six extra steps and has a launch from 55, he's not that accurate. Unless he's playing us. Yeah, well, and yeah, yeah, he can't miss. Five but seconds into the game. I reckon Paddy Dow, just do what you do. And from the kicking point of view, 
I don't reckon accuracy has to be that thing. It just become a clearance machine. Yep. Love it. I, I said number three was Setterfield. I said number four was Dow. Samo? Well, I've got him dominating Sam off the half. Samo. Oh. I, I had him dominating off the halfback line. Yeah, okay. I do like Samo, though. I had Samo as a question mark. I like him. Yeah, I had, uh, like, Stocker, Samo. You can't not lock Samo. Dow, etc. Well, and the million-dollar question will be Brody Kemp. Mm. You know, prior to the knee, he was talked about as being top four. Um, physically, he, he looks He like looks he's unbelievable. He's a bit of an animal, yeah. On he, draft night, you looked at him and went... And then we saw him, obviously, in the training gear, but this kid's he's, he's, he's AFL ready. He's yeah. crip size now. Yes. He's like, a handsome boy. Jesus. He's a handsome boy. He's going to have no problems down at the nightclub. Absolutely not. Um, and then lastly, this is a, a bittersweet one, but it's worth talking about. Who of our established senior players will be in most trouble to retain their place come the end of the year? I think I know where Fab's going. You kind of let the cat out of the bag earlier. This is with my big call. With Willow, Doc, Marchi, if they're all in form and fit, Simo naturally gets pushed out. Mm. And I don't think that's a bad thing for us. Well, it's a litmus test. It's a, There's always those guys that when you're struggling as we've been, you start to see a bit of a light and you're gradually getting better. There are establishment figures who make way. It's the passage of time. It happens. It's inevitable. So you start asking the question. It's Adrian Gleeson of 95. Mm. That's it. Still Up until game. 95, you were in the side and you're out. Yep. And yep. your white heads, your Camper Realis, they're in. Yep. No, totally. What do you reckon, Timbo? Oh, look, it's obvious, unfortunately. You know, Kate is. Does he go into this season as a 36-year-old or a 35? Look, he's not young either way. And Very we durable, seem to be though. stacked across that half-back line. And, you know, you're wanting to use... The run and carry of guys like uh, Lockie O'Brien. We've brought Jack Nunes in for a reason. Not to say that Jack Nunes goes past Cade Simpson, but depth. through opportunity and depth, maybe it happens. We're trying to play Sam Petrovsky-Seaton across the back line. Nick Newman, we recruited and used really well last year as, as, as a weapon across the half-back line. Um, and Sam Doherty comes back. I mean, it's just... Granted, you do often have more players push back and, and, and get behind, you know, get get the ball behind where the play is and move it forward. So there is always opportunity for additional bodies. But maybe maybe does a little bit more of, you know, pressure half forward. You know, he's got a beautiful left foot. He, as a junior, he was always kicking goals when he was All-Australian as an under-18. And he was a wingman half forward then. Maybe late in the twilight of his career, he reverts back to that a little bit more because we're settled down back. Yep. Well said. He's too good of a footballer not to be versatile enough to be able to do a different role. Like it. Well, that's that. That's that for the pressing questions. We're going to move on now to our best 22. Uh, Fab disregarded my text message where I said, just give us in 666. He's actually put together a team. I have. Made it very clear that we just need six names. It's a premiership winning side. It's a good looking team. It's a good looking team. Um, So we're going to go through, obviously, backs, mids, forwards, and then a bit of a bench. Obviously, there'll be some honourable mentions. Do you want to give me your back six, Fabian? So my back six are... This is best. This is everyone available, best 22. For me, Williamson, Jones, Newman, Doherty, Wiedering, Marchbank. Okay. Marchbank, Jones, Newman, Petrovsky, seaton Wiedering, Doherty. Okay. I've gone Marchbank, Jones, Simpson, Wiedering, Casbolt, and Doherty. That's obviously assuming uh, Charlie and Co are fit. Correct. I just reckon Casbolt was sensational at centre-half back. He was very... The that, that, uh, St Kilda game. It oh, was everywhere. He was unbelievable. Then, but are we are we with 
Jones, you've got Jones in your sight. Are we top heavy? Jones is quick. He's a very good aerobic athlete, and then that allows Weedering to do what he was drafted. To. He can be yeah. the zone off. So you haven't got third King. Man. You haven't got Newman. No, your... I, just to start, I think that yeah. we're going to be looking at Newman to put pressure on Simpson. Clearly, yeah. Williamson, hopefully, and then a guy who I think actually gets a game no matter what, and I love him to death, is Plowman. Yeah. Well, I've, I, I don't even have him in the squad. Exactly right, because you're an idiot. Um, I, I had him on the bench. I think he. I just think he does. There's a reason he placed in the BNF. Yeah. Was we a, also, he, we he rated have, elite for intercept marking. He just does what he wants. Somehow he finds a way to do it. He looks like he's slow. Looks like he's got no agility. So he just finds a way so to do we, it. So we getting a consensus on this? Well, we've all got Marchbank, Jones, Weedering, Doherty. Yep. Um. So I've gone with Williamson and Newman as my other two. Tim. I was Newman, SPS. I'm willing to, obviously, I think Newman can come in for my Simpson. Yep, yep. And then... It's between... I've well, got Williamson. Casbolt. It's a different setup, really. Well, it's, it, I've gone three tall, three smalls, but bearing in mind that of the three smalls, Newman's 187 and Doherty's 187, so they're hardly small. Well, I'm happy to seed Casbolt for... I think you need to. SPS. <laughs> So SBS rather than Williamson? I think at the moment, yeah. Okay. Well, I think for the same reason. Willow's like 192, 191, 192 and a runner. Okay. Nothing um, would please me more than Willow to be in there oh, and fit absolutely. and f- up and running. Absolutely. Yeah. But just at the moment, I think we need to see him hopefully okay. play some, some uh, Marsh good. Series games. Yep. Uh, mids. So this, this is... I'm just trying... I'm on the floor here, so I'm going to get this my centre line and my s- followers combined. Yeah, your centre line and your followers. Okay, so I've got Cruiser. Crips mm. on the wing. <laughs> <laughs> Cruiser, Crips, Murphy. They're my followers. And obviously through the centre line, I had Samo, Sam Walsh and Fisher. My centre line was Sam Walsh, Patrick Cripps, Zach Fisher. My followers were Cruiser, Kerno, Murphy. I think I'm pretty similar. I've got yeah, Fisher, Cripps, Walsh, Cruz, Murphy, Ed. Well, yep, you're so, the same six yeah. as me. Well, that's the same. So I'm just going to take Samo out of mine and put Ed in. Correct. It did. Correct. Okay. Um, and then obviously you got some honourable mentions. Guys you want to see push up and move through. Cunningham, Stocker, Dow, O'Brien. Kennedy, potentially. Yes, no, exactly right. Yeah. And obviously, I've got Pitnet ahead of DeConning now. I think you have to. Um, but we're not playing with two Ruckman, are we? No. Yeah. And Cruiser doesn't want to play with two Ruckman. Levi can give him a chop out. Harry, he's in your team. Can give him a chop out too, I so. don't want to see Harry in any ruck contests that are just boundary throw-ins. Agreed. Um, forward six. Forward six. So my forward six, I've obviously moved the, the chairs around a little bit. I've got Samo on a flank, and then obviously Mackay, Martin, McGovern, Charlie, and Betts. I've got Charlie, Harry, Setterfield, Martin, McGovern, Betts. So you don't have okay. And I, my, I'm. Cunningham, Kerno, Martin, and then McGovern, Mackay, Betts. Mm-hmm. And then clearly for my there, uh, Kennedy was sort of a, a bit of a touch and go for me. I yep. like what he brings us forward, um, but he's probably gotten pushed off onto the bench a little bit. So you've got Samo in there. Yeah, I've got Who's been Samo. taken up anyway, so he's, he's been pushed into the back line. So yep. it's between, I've got Will Setterfield. Everyone else with consensus on. Yep. Yep. I've got Will Setterfield. Who was your other person? Cunningham. I'd probably have... Based on the year he had last year, I don't see how you don't have Will Setterfield in this side. Well, I had him on the bench, but as you say, you know, modern day football, 
there are so many rotations. Everybody's mm. playing. You're playing on a flank. You're invariably playing through the midfield other than when you're set up at 6-6-6. I will so, lean, I lean towards Cedarfield only because i got Cunningham on the okay. bench. Yep. Okay, cool. that's in. I'm just putting down our consensus. Excellent. I, I figured given that Cunningham's in the All-Australian squad, we'd have him starting on the field <laughs> since he's going to win the Brownlow medal. He's the first unanimous winner in history. Um, well, you didn't stipulate he was on the field in the All-Australian team. so He's only, uh, he's only making top 40. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought you said he was like in the... No, no, okay, top 40. Oh, he's not the team. That's no. fanciful. So the bench? More realistic. Four on the bench. So my was um, Cunningham, O'Brien, Dow... Jack Silvani. I've gone with... The bench is hard because it's like nine well, players. I, I thought, this is my thinking, was Plowman. Like it. A forward and two mids. Yeah, obviously that's not... But I think Plowman, because he's not in our back six, yes. I think he gets a game. And he's versatile. He yeah. gives you anything. So Plowman, I had Ed Kerner, but Ed's obviously in the midfield. So who did I have in the midfield that's come out? Well, Cunningham, Cunningham's on the bench. Because he's not in our Because you put centre field on your Yep, so Cunningham, <laughs> Richie Cunningham, he's in, he's in, Plowman's in. Have you got uh, Jack, Jack Silvani's in the 22? Has I, to be. I, I, didn't, I didn't have in, him in no, a 26. I don't have him in either. Jack Silvani is ahead of David Cunningham. Do you know who's ahead of him? Lockie sure. O'Brien. I agree. That's why I got O'Brien as well. And Cade Simpson we had to have on the bench because we pulled him out of our back seat. No, I don't think too. he has to be. So is O'Brien's in? No place for sentiment here, yes. Timbo. This is a so it's <laughs> I had him in on the it's bench. It's Plowman, O'Brien. It's a purely hypothetical Cunningham. best twenty-two. And I think the other person has to be Levi. Can we have some emergencies? Well, see, I had Levi at centre half back. Yeah, like the visionary. But I'm consensus, am. so I'm saying that Levi has to come in. Well, yeah, we need someone else. To, we need someone to ruck when Cruz. Is not so this is who I've got mis- uh, left out. Gibbons. <laughs> we need someone to ruck when Cruz does his adductor at quarter time. <laughs> Gibbons, Dow. Jack, oh, fuck, I didn't have Levi, near this team. Simpson, Kennedy, Stocker, and Nunes. Yeah. Maybe we could do an interchange from. Yeah. We'll see. My mood, my interchange was <laughs> no, Simpson. I, I reckon we put our balls in the line and, oh, and pick a bloke. So, okay. well, I've said Simpson, Plowman, Setterfield, O'Brien, but if Setterfield's on the half forward line, Cunningham's on the bench. Who are our options? Sorry, who is our interchange from at the moment? So we've put in, by consensus, Plowman, Lockie O'Brien, and Dave Cunningham. Yeah, so who, who are the remaining options? So the remaining options are Gibbons, Dow, Jack Silvani, Levi Casbolt, Cade Simpson, Matthew Kennedy, Liam Stocker, Jack Nunes. Obviously, oh, well, there's... This is great. This is, a, this is a Sophie's choice. I love Dow. I'm wearing the Paddy Dow Guernsey at the moment. <laughs> You're wearing a Troy Menzel. Troy Menzel. Um, I thought he was, thought he was going to be the and next Tom, big And was Tom Williamson on your list? You should put a shrine together. You should have the Menzel. Next to the Adnan Yanazai. Yeah. Next to the, the Angel Di Maria. Yeah. The Memphis. <laughs> oh, you don't have a Memphis kit. The Schweinsteiger. <laughs> no, Schweinsteiger, at least he's a legend. But um, yeah. Um, you, you Peter, fight... I'll get you a Peter Satori. I've got a Yaz. Oh, but Yaz is absolute class. Yeah. That was before the rampage. My vote will go to... I think it has to be Levi, based on structure and structure alone. Levi, yeah. It, it pains me to leave out, like... Are we, are, we, are we too tall? Well, early season where if Kuno and Mackay aren't in there, then this Levi is definitely 22. is. No, no. Well, I think in our best 22, Levi doesn't get a gun. This, I is, think we're this, too this is a good point, but then we have to sacrifice Harry to Ruck. I reckon it's it's probably well, Liam Stocker. <laughs> Liam Stocker? Can play forward, can play back, can play... Too young, he's not ready. 
You've got a love affair with him. He's not ready. Okay. He's okay. wearing the 13. Okay. I've taken Casbot off the table. I've seen Tim's point. Give okay. me who we have left. One more time. Gibbons? No. Dow? Potentially. Jack? Potentially. Simpson, Kennedy, Stocker? Or Nunes? What was that last one? Stocker? I reckon it's Jack. Jack Silvani. I reckon it's Jack. Because you look at what, based on this purely hypothetical team, what we're missing, what we need, what we need to cover maybe, he can play forward, he can relieve in the mid, less likely to do so across half-back and defence, but he can play in the mid-six or the front-six. He did have a very good second half of the year last year and seemed to take a and step what forward. And what you're going to do with those... And you're always going to have injuries. You're anyway. right about Stocker, so I've got, I've got to think a bit more. He's not ready yet. And those efforts, what you're going to get, that, that goal against Brisbane, is a, stands out in my mind, Jack, where he hadn't kicked a goal yet, just repeat effort, repeat effort. That's not a one-off. No, no, no. That, that's an attitudinal that's, thing that you, you, his, you're happy to yeah. have in your team at any time. I think just based on that alone, what he brings, the passion he brings, the flexibility, it's, uh, I'm nailing those colours to the mast... Jack. Can I, can I just play a quick devil's advocate? No. Michael Gibbons does the same thing. I think that I don't disagree, but I've got Jack ahead of him. Jack's in. Yes. Fucking 1 1. I knew acquiescing on Levi was going to. Do you want me to go through what it is? In a minute. I knew that that was the classic when you're submitting a film to the censor and you've got a whole bunch of shit in there you're prepared to take out, so you've got some bargaining. I put Levi at centre half back knowing he was never going to be in the squad. Could, Just so that he could get Jack Silvani on the bench. I could curry some favour. Long-term plan that paid off. I played the long game on Jack. Thank me later. I think the thing where I'm going with Stocker is that he has that versatility. He does. If he develops his game. But you're probably right. But right this now. is too, what we've got to click, click. This is not a best 22 as of anything but round one. Yeah. To yeah, be honest yeah. with you, it's not even a best 22 anything but Marsh one. Yeah. Really? We could watch Marsh and Stocker's tearing it up. And you go, well, he's in. Has to be. Well, no. I'll, 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 I'll go to the match committee and say, no, the boy said no. <laughs> Tim, Tim. Tim says, cool your jets. Um, so we've got SPS, Liam Jones, Nick Newman, Sam Doherty, Jacob Wittering, Caleb Marchbank. Good back six. Cruiser, Cripps, Murphy, Ed, Sam Walsh, Zach Fisher. Feel myself firming up. Charlie, Harry, Will Setterfield. Jack Martin, Mitch McGovern, Eddie Betts. This is Malcolm Blight era cats. They're going to need to kick 22, 23 goals. Where's Bruce Linder? <laughs> and the, <laughs> the bench. Prez. And the bench is Lockie Plowman, Lockie O'Brien, Jack Silvani, and David Cunningham. Excellent. Apologies to Cade Simpson. I don't think we need to apologize. The bloke's 137 years old. 137 years old. I'm with you. I like that team. Do you want to write that up for us, Fab? Yep. And potentially publish it to the yep. Twitter. <laughs> Do it. Do it. As a running joke, we never publish anything to the Twitter. We say it and then forget it. Do it. Um, excellent. I like that team. And what I love about it too is that you sit there it's and you go... Sean got a bit of the Sam Phelps about him at the moment. Just look at him. Do you see it? Yeah, a little bit. Fab looks at... He's got a beard. Fab's no, his when, predominant when features. had that extra large fake Carlton Guernsey on. Oh, yes. draft night. Yes. Fab just sees... Like for was look-alikes. that Phelps or was it Ramsey? It was Phelps, wasn't it? When Fab does a look-alike, he just sees predominant features. Glasses, a beard. So what have I seen with you? Beard. Sam Phillip doesn't have a beard. He's hairy. He was pretty hairy. He's got a Robin Williams covering of hair. So a suit. It's like a coat. A suit, yes. I saw a mate come out of the beach. We went down in Rye and uh, he came out of the beach. Looked like he was wearing a sweater. He was was the hairiest man I've ever seen in my life. It was disgraceful. (laughs) George the Animal Steel. It was George the Animal Steel. He walked out of the bench and went, Jesus, started eating the turnbuckle. Um, excellent. Like that team. And the good thing about it from my point of view is that team is so wrong from what's going to run out. 
because we're looking on paper going, like this guy, like this guy, like the mix, whatever. But they're going to be bolters. They're going to be guys that jump off that, and we spoke about them, that just have to be in the team, that demand There'll be, be blokes that will have had massive pre-seasons that will be absolutely flying, and, and they will say, we will reward you with a spot in round one, and it's yours until you prove otherwise. And, uh, <laughs> and And you will... Um, and, and the... The team will sort itself out as you're going along. Fab, you wanted to say something? No, no, no. positivity. Okay, like Brilliant. it. And then before but we if leave... I see he <laughs> or Darcy Lang anywhere near, I think Darcy Lang's on the fringe. Oh, stop it! Apparently, he's having a massive preseason. I don't necessarily agree. That game against Essendon. The phrase would be wrapped. That game against Essendon when he had three shots from the same position. Oh, yeah. Stop it. Look. It was a tragedy. Not here to just a shit can of bloke. No, but no, no, it's, no, no. Yeah, I think he's had his opportunities, and he's obviously not. He's obviously contracted, so we, that's why we didn't get rid of him. But he's the bonus footballer. If he shows enough to be able to get a game and do something, agree. All power to him, and if he makes us a better side, awesome. But right now, the hopes are not pinned to Darcy. Well, we're going to move on now and introduce a new segment. Hopefully, this is. Um, oh, we're going here. We're going to go there. So, what we decided to do is give Timbo a segment of his own called uh, Tim's Top 10. Basically, it's a power rankings. We're going to do it now. We're going to do it before round one and then periodically throughout the season. So this takes the download from 200 megabytes to 14 gig. Yeah. This is where you put it in long play yeah. and you just wait. So basically, the premise is Tim is going to use whatever criteria he feels necessary to rank our 10 best or most important players informed it'll, it'll be a movable feast yeah, absolutely and it'll move and it'll change and we've talked a lot already about you know round one there may be players that are going to be underdone or not playing so now I'm looking at it a little bit more as a, a wider our top 10 who are our most important players number 10 Darcy Lang <laughs> so number we, 9 you want to do Finbar it you want to do it reverse order yeah do it reverse alright well at 10 I've got Jack Martin like it Purely, as we've said, you know, in the right environment, if he blossoms, the impact that he's going to have is going to be significant. Record this for us, Fab. Number nine, I've got Zach Fisher. Yep. Um, I see a lot of upside. I think he can have a real impact this season. Uh, As we said, he stagnated a little bit last year, but leading into the season, he was poised to explode, and I think he's going to have a big 2020. Yes. At eight, I put in Fabian's mate, Liam Jones. A key defensive I piece. I thought you were putting in Bryce again. <laughs> Poor old Bryce. Um, full full back, as the, we know. The corridor. <laughs> full back is very, very hard to fill. And playing within Sorry, a function. Who, who are we talking about? <laughs> we said Zach Fisher at nine. Yep. We got Liam Jones at eight. Liam Here's your man. Yep. And I just said if he's playing within a functioning back six and he's not having to do too much as he tends to want to do. Well, I think that was a consequence of them asking him to zone off his man by 30 well, metres. Correct, correct. So I just think he could be a real weapon. Excellent. At seven, I've got Mark Murphy. Um, On pure, who is the best player? He's higher than that. But at 32 years of age, you just sort of think, yo, for our team, you need some of the younger guys to start stepping up as well. This time last year, we were worried. Oh, we were, absolutely. And then last season, when we needed the big play, um, he was the guy that was delivering. second half of the year was great. Yep, he remains all class. So keep doing what you're doing, Murph. Um, at six, I've got Matthew Cruiser, and again, it's more about importance. 
and what he holds down and gives us a chance. I think also, and importantly, we've always talked about how much work Cripps does in, in the inside midfield and having another big body that can find the footy as well is always important. So, um, But, of course, durability is key to our advances this year. Sorry, Fabian's just lost track of where he was. We're going to have Matty Cru- uh, Cruiser at six. Cruiser at six. You're putting Matty Cruiser Having at seven. Having had Murphy at seven. Uh, at five, I've got Harry Mackay. Okay. Now, 204-centimetre athletic monster. He's a huge target. He straightens the team up. And if we play with very fast movement, a guy of that sort of size is going to be pretty hard to stop, I would have thought. Agree. But the kid's got to get on the park. So let's wait and see. Fabian just needs, what are we up to here, four? That was number four, Harry Mackay. Who was five? Six was Matthew Cripp. I think he's skipped. Oh, sorry, no, five is Harry McCoy. Thank you. Four is? Four is Sam Walsh. Yep. Uh, As we've said, generational talent is important now, but growth is key for our future and where you put his ceiling, who knows? Uh, At three, I've put Jacob Wiedering. Um, Centre-half back is obviously a very key position on the ground, super talented. He's no doubt graduated to being the fully-fledged senior player uh, and he takes the game on and he's a young leader. So I'm... Obviously, as we said before, expecting a lot out of him. Um, two, I've got Charlie Kerno. Again, structurally, centre-half forward on the ground, really, really important. He's a game-breaker. He's an elite talent. Obviously, the seven goals that he kicked against Western Bulldogs shows where he's at. And he wasn't fit all season last year. He hurt the knee in round two. He was underdone going into the year. So it was almost a year off for Charlie. The shame is, potentially, he could have another one off. If they but- can get him back... Even if it's in the latter part of the Half year, fit. He'd if they get him back, something. I just want him close to goal. Yep, he's such a good kick of a footy. He's, what, he's just a weapon. You know what happens? Defenders get worried and they start grabbing yep, and, and wrapping him up because he's. So and again, because he's a good kick, you give him the chance, whether through his own good work or that you know getting nervous and making a mistake, mm. he makes you pay. So number one is clearly. Darcy Lang. <laughs> no, no, Cripper's obviously our best player and he's our leader and, you know, reigning MVP. You know, he, if he puts together a good season, he will give a, well, he'll always give a Brownlow a shake because well, clearly umpires see him. A little bit like, you know, in our predictions earlier, he's number one until dethroned. Correct. Exactly right. Yeah. And in six years' time, we might be saying exactly the same thing. If we're not and somebody goes past him. Great. Awesome. So run the list. Ten. Martin. Nine. nine Fisher. Eight. Jones, seven, Murphy, six, Cruiser, five, Mackay, four, Walsh, three, Wietering, two, Kerno, Charlie Kerno, and one, Paddy Cripps. We will put that on Twitter. What were we putting something else on Twitter as well? I was putting the best 22. I was doing it as whilst I wasn't listening to Tim. Can you put that in like a, so we can screen grab it or something and post an image? What do you mean? Well, because you've got a character limit on Twitter. We don't have enough characters to put the whole team. I can get it done. You can do it in what? How many characters do we have? Two forty. One eighty. One forty. One forty. One forty. You can't do a best twenty-two in one hundred and forty. Well, SPS goes in as SPS. Doesn't no, have to be no. Just send seat. it to me and I'll do it properly. So I like that, Timbo. We'll revisit that at the end of the preseason slash marsh. And I think most importantly, when once the season starts and Kerno and Mackay aren't playing, they probably don't even occur in there. Mm. Um. You don't have Doherty at the moment. Well, and this is the thing. I, I did have the, the five apologies that I sort of looked at were Doherty, McGovern, Petrovsky, Seaton, Betts and Newman because yep. I think if if they have purple patches and have really important roles and do good things, they're straight in. 
Mm-hmm. Similarly, you know, the Ed Kernos of the world, if they're playing a role and tagging or whatever, Marchbank third man up, getting lots of intercept marks and rebounds. Totally. Cade Simpson taking kick-ins and being a weapon. I mean, we have so many strings that we can still pull um, that, you know, there's going to be plenty of players that end up in the 10, but it'll just be, they'll be in for different reasons as the season goes along. And it's all about recognising the guys that are doing well. And the beauty of Tim's top 10 power rankings is you're never wrong is that you're never wrong <laughs> and it's just purely at Tim's discretion and he can justify whatever decision he makes and it'll be up to Fabian and I to interrogate those decisions a shit can or otherwise as the season wears on so that's uh, been our preview it's been fantastic being back for the first time it's in felt quite good. some time it does feel good blow out the cobwebs um, Fabian's going to try to get to the game next week uh, I'll be there selfish be there. local councils yeah. organising meetings unlike them like I said just push back 2 o'clock you'll be fine about the meeting runs for two hours. Just say you got it somewhere to be. Icon Park. Family emergency. Family <laughs> emergency. Um, yes, yeah, so it's been fantastic to have you listening. Any feedback, any correspondence, obviously get us on the Twitter, the Ian, is it the, under, the Prender <laughs> underscore cast? The Prender it's underscore? It's the Prender with an E-R underscore cast. cast. I, had to, I couldn't just get one word, Prender cast. It was weird. Like you think of all the things to be taken, all the variations, I have to go for that one. Hmm. Uh, so hit us up on that. Let us know your best 22. Um, let us know your power rankings. Uh, etc. We're always keen for some correspondence. For me, Sean Peter, it's been wonderful having your ears again. For Fabian Fabaganoush Guadagnolo. Arrivederci, ragazzi. And for Tim Coach Davis. Always a pleasure, Sean. We'll catch you next week. Uru. Uh-huh.